welcome to the podcast where my guests and I talk about anything and everything from sports, relationships, politics, movies and TV shows, current events, and conspiracy theories. No topic is ever off limits and it's always uncensored. I'm Ben Borges and this is Man Chatter. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. As you see to my left, your right, again, I don't know how this records or how this processes, but you know what the fuck I'm talking about. I got my boy Kobe Wallace, a.k.a. Mr. Gray here, a.k.a. most likely to succeed in 2000, a.k.a. he's anywhere between the ages of 25 to 65. We're not really sure. Nobody really knows. What's going on, C-Dub? What's going on, brother? What's happening, man? What's happening? So, man, funny story. Me and Kobe have probably done six to seven podcasts together. And every time something goes wrong with either the internet or the way it records or something. So this is the first time that we actually doing this shit. Like this is the first time we could actually post. I can remember the first dumbass conversation we had. We went like on a 25 minute tangent about lizards and dinosaurs or some shit. And we should have made it a t-shirt. I don't remember where that conversation came from or how it started, but that shit was wild. We some dumb motherfuckers, man, when it comes to this podcast thing. Yeah, man, it was crazy. It was it was lizards, dinosaurs, and flip flops. I think. Yeah. I love flip flops, man. I don't know where it came from, but but you know there it was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of flip flops, I gotta ask you a question on top, man. Flip flops or Crocs? Oh, flip flops all day, man. All day, all now, day. Let's. I I don't think I've spoken about this to the length that I wanted to. Why the fuck are Crocs a thing, bro? Where where did that start? Who I hate the 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 reason for it is oh they're comfortable. That doesn't that doesn't make sense to me. Okay, so I, I think the origin dates back to 2012. Um, there was a small town in rural Mississippi where birth control was unavailable. <laughs> And then, and then Crocs came on the scene, man. And I don't know, they blew up. <laughs> that that's pretty. Nobody's much how ever that been laid in Crocs. <laughs> I'm like they like I, every every time I I go on a rant or post a meme about it, because I just I don't get it, right? Like I just I don't get the the math behind that thing. I, like I don't get why that's a thing that became popular. It was like, oh, but they're so comfortable, you should try them. No, like I'm not wearing rain boots out. Like that's all they are is cut off rain boots. That's it. That's with that's, holes in them. With holes in them. Like, what? First of all, why are there holes in them? Do your feet need to breathe? Like, I, I'm confused. Like, I get flip flops, right? They're comfortable. You wear them out. I mean, you wear them to like run to the store. I get all that. Yesterday, speaking of yesterday, I saw a lady with camo camo Crocs, right? The standard, the standard of Croc wearers, camo Crocs with bright orange. I'm talking about. Like the you know like the orange cones you see on the highway, like bright orange socks with that pattern. I'm so does she want to be seen or not? Like I just have questions. Does she she does she doesn't like her feet so they need to be camouflaged so from the ankle up it was fine. I was, I just yeah. got questions. That's 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 Hunter's orange, uh, <laughs> not 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 road cone orange. <laughs> that's Hunter's orange. What we call it here? Um, yeah. <laughs> I'll I'll let you in on a little secret. White people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
A hundred percent. That's that's who made it popular. White people are something right, right. White people are something else. So Kobe, man, yeah. like you from you from the great state of Mississippi, right? And we talked about yes, this sir. before. What's it like growing up in the longest state name in the union? Is it is it the longest? I've never I've never thought about that. Honestly, I just we'll made that up, bro. I have honestly no idea. Am I crooked? For the, for crooked the second. Of the I, I, Keep going. You know what I mean? That's all I remember oh, is that David oh, Banner song. That's it. I'm assuming it has to be the longest state name. Because it, it's a singular name, right? Like I'm not gonna go with like North Dakota. That's two names, so that doesn't count. Yeah. Any of the north yeah. and south are immediately taken out. It has to be the longest name. Yeah. Yeah, it has to be. We'll say we'll say for podcast sake. We'll we'll say it is. Um, you know, we got a saying. I live I live I grew up here in Jackson, central, central Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Um we have a saying here in Jackson. It's uh, it's come for come for the murder and stay because you got murdered. Um, no, I'm just kidding, man. Not- <laughs> <laughs> Jackson's okay, man. Uh, it's got its parts. It's like any city. Uh, Mississippi in general gets a bad stigma just because of the Jim Crow South mm-hmm. and and all the racism back in the, you know, the fifties and sixties and the segregation and, and all that. Um, you know, a couple months ago, they actually let me train somebody, you know, we do the same kind of work. And yeah. uh, I came down from Ohio and man, he was just blown away about how cordial and nice and just overall friendly. Everybody was white, black, Hispanic, you know, anybody was just, everybody's friendly to everybody, man. It's, mm-hmm. It's this this outside appearance or this outside stigma that we get, you know, just racist backwards, and you know, I mean, there is that, right? You know, I think I got one down the road from me, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, most of all, good people. Um, it's it's a lot slower here, you know. the The biggest city that we have is Jackson, and it's probably two hundred thousand, two hundred fifty thousand people. Wow. I mean, yeah. So I mean, we held there. We got we had two electoral votes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. I, nah, we're not gonna all. get into the. We're not gonna get into electoral college conversation. It just doesn't make sense. Let's, like a state let's, to let's state. Not, I, I almost feel like we should all have the similar n- number of, of electoral votes, regardless, because it shouldn't go by yeah. like size of population, and they should all count equally because they're all equal states of the union. So it doesn't make sense that I think Florida has like thirty something. And then Mississippi yeah. has like two, and then I think North Dakota has like I'm making this shit up like six, like we're one, one yeah like how does that make sense? Like I don't, I don't get that. Like North Dakota, I want to shit, I want to go to North Dakota, just to you know because I've heard beautiful things in like Wyoming because you get to go to like Yellowstone. All these states do get a bad rap because of the I guess the propaganda or the or the way they've been talked about for decades, right? Like uh, when I was when I was training, because again we do the same kind of job. When I was training, I went to states I'd never been to, like Arkansas, uh, Texas, Kentucky. Some of the nicest people I ever met in my life. But before I got there, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm about to see. Like I, t- I ever told you the story of the first experience I ever had in Arkansas. So I'm driving from Little Rock <laughs> to Mountain Home, right where my where my trainer was. About a four hour drive. I'm driving in this little Ford Echo because I didn't know at that time I could change my, my rental car to a human's car, right? I'm, 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 so I'm basically driving like this. You know what I mean? Like, I got the seat all the way back, but my fists are in my chest. 
So I'm driving, and then I get to this gas station in the middle of the mountains, right? Because that's all there is there. There's nothing, mountains, and then nothing, and then people. That's basically Arkansas. I'll just gave you the whole tour. So I, get, so I get to the gas station, and I get out, and then this truck in front of me pops out, and the whole truck is painted in Confederate flag, right? I was like, okay. Has, has a Confederate flag uh, license plate? Because it wasn't enough that the entire truck was a Confederate flag. They had to get the Confederate. I, I got it. I got it. You, the South shall rise again. We got it. And then everybody that hops out are wearing rank. I'm, no bullshit here. I usually make up a lot of lies on, and make shit up on this podcast. But this is real. Everybody hops out wearing Wrangler jeans, boots, and no shirts. I'm like, okay, so uh, my training's over. I'm about to die. I walk in, and there's like two cops posted at the gas station because there's no gas station for like, I didn't see one for like 25 miles. So everybody's there because it's, it's the only convenience store. It's probably their Walmart. Don't know. So I walk in and get something to drink and fuel up. And the cop follows me around the store. He's like, you're not from around here, huh? I was like, no, no, sir. He's like, well, make sure you don't get lost or stay out after, after dark because these roads can get really dangerous and just be safe. And that was it. That was, that was like the whole interaction. I'm terrified the whole fucking time because this guy's got a gun. I don't know what's going on. And the guys in the, in, the, in the truck ended up being really nice too. So, like, I had this whole thought in my head. I totally, like, racially profiled them as quickly as I probably could have got racially profiled because I, I'd never seen that shit. Like, I didn't, at that time, I'm coming from Miami, which is 98% Hispanic, right? Like, you got to speak more Spanish than anything else. So, it, just, it was a shock to the system. So, then when you see that, it's like, man, like, a lot of, like, these are just regular people that have regular days, regular fears, regular shit. Like, they're not one thing. They're not a monolith. You know what I mean? So, the South does get a bad rap about that. I'll give yeah. you that. <laughs> That's crazy. funny, man. Yeah, the, the the Confederate flag tag in, in the truck and in Dixie. That's yeah. that's it, man. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, man, growing up here, man, just you know, laid back. A uh, couple years ago, me and my wife got a chance to go to New York, mm-hmm. and and man, it was. I mean, it's it, it is. It's night and day different. I mean, you know, you're the subway. It's the city that never sleeps. Mm-hmm. I mean, all that's true, you know. And, and growing up, you know, 37 years here, that was a culture shock for me. But And then I told my wife, I said, I could, I could do this. I could live here. And she's like, I couldn't. And we kind of talked about it a little bit. And I think what it is is after a couple of weeks or so, just with anything, something new, the newness will wear off, and you'll be like, mm-hmm. eh, you know. Yeah. But um, – yeah, man, the South. Uh, we got we got sweet tea, we got good food, Crocs. We got good looking women, Crocs. <laughs> and Crocs. Crocs. Yeah, this, Confederate this flags and Crocs. Yeah. <laughs> Coming to no. a Walmart near you. Oh yeah, the Croc the Crocs are the biggest thing. It's just crazy. Yeah, man. Like I was thinking about that because I mean, me and you have been friends since jump. Like me and you just clicked at conference. We've been friends for. <laughs> Going on probably like eight years now, you know what I mean. Yeah. And, and and any other situation, any any other world, probably never would have met. You know what I mean? A dude from Mississippi yeah, and a guy from Miami. Speak, speaking of Mississippi, real quick. Uh, sorry about your loss this past weekend, sir. Uh, I know that wasn't easy. Hey, hey. Uh, every I, from what I've heard, no major injuries. <laughs> uh, we weren't gonna win that game if no. it unless I mean it could have been played on the moon. It wouldn't have mattered. Nope. Uh, nobody got seriously hurt, so that's a W. <laughs> Yeah, that's a W. One of the few W's we gonna have this season. Yeah, it's, it's, listen, my my team isn't doing much better better either, man. We 
we struggle to be Central Michigan. So it's it's been an emotional time for me. My wife, my wife hates watching games with me. I'm like, how the f- like we barely beat them. Like beat them like 17, 12, and I'm mad at a win. Like this is the most pathetic thing I've ever seen in my life. And my wife's like, you might sleep on the couch. You're so angry. Uh, this, I, it just didn't make like I don't comprehend this shit. But whatever. That's, it's uh, it's a good thing though that you're that you're still mad because you're still invested. Yeah. And there's a lot of Ole Miss fans that have got to the point of apathy. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, we lost to Cal. We lost to Memphis. You know, we're probably going to lose to Vanderbilt. Yeah. Fuck it. I don't care yeah. anymore. That's when you have a problem, you know, when you go from pissed to apathy to not yeah. giving shit. I'll be, I'll be honest. After this last game, like, I started, like, I, I, went, I went a little weird with it. Like, I started looking at their, like, record throughout the last, like, 17, 18 years. Because Miami, realistically, right, the last time they've won championships or been nationally relevant in that sense, right, like rankings and battling for championships, is 2001-2002. That's 17 years ago. That's half of my life, right? So the first half of my life, I got very spoiled. And the last last half of my life, they've been anywhere between 9-4, and 10-3. Like 10-3 is their best record, and they had that twice, um, not counting 2001-2002. So for the most part, it's been seven and six, is eight and four. It's been a lot of, eh, you know. And I got the, <clears throat> I did this last season, going seven and six, with a very weak record. Like we're just not, we're just that team every year now. Like it doesn't matter who we who we have as our coach, who who our players are. We're just that team that loses to teams we shouldn't lose to because we're more talented. We just don't show up for those games. We we sometimes show up for the big games, like two years ago against Virginia Tech. And Notre Dame when the whole the whole Florida was rocking, but besides those games, like I can't think of a time when like they played to the just to the talent that they are, not to the talent of their opposition, not but just just being who they're supposed to be, because I because once they go to the yeah. pros, they become 10, 15 year pros. You know what I mean? These and they're coming from a from a school that isn't isn't necessarily having a super winning winning record or doing all this stuff, but they just they transfer over and they become better. It's just weird. So. I'm I'm almost to the point of apathy, but when they're not playing, right? Like I'm I'm apathetic towards it when uh, until they play that Saturday or that Friday night, then I get emotionally invested again. What I'm like, man, fuck them. I don't need them. I should they're playing. Come on, man. Come on, come on, motherfuckers. Yeah, locked in, locked <laughs> in, boy, locked in. But yeah. where you at? Where you yeah. at with Ole Miss? You apathetic? Uh, or? No, I, man, I've I've <clears throat> I've been through a lot. You know, uh, we never had the last time Ole Miss was nationally relevant. Um, I, my parents was babies. You know, they mm-hmm. I think they won a couple championships like pre segregation. Um, Jesus, you know, yeah. Eli was around in in two thousand one, two, three, and I, mm-hmm. I think they won ten games one year. Um, oh eight, oh nine, couple eight nine win seasons. Uh, you know, had a bunch of talent, bunch of NFL talent, but were so bad leading up to those years. They just those guys didn't know how to win. You right. know, they had a couple. Matter of fact, it was it was Ed Orgeron was the head coach before you oh, know, he's yeah. at LSU now. Uh-huh. Um, but man, they went like like four and eight, you know, five and seven, three and nine type stuff. Um, he brought in a bunch of talent, but those guys just didn't know how to win. And then you know, back in fourteen to fifteen, beating Alabama back to back. Uh. And now it's like, uh, hell, three and three and nine might be a 
is probably the ceiling for this team, you know, right now. Uh, they've got they've got Vanderbilt, who they might can beat, and then they got another cupcake in, in November. And uh, man, that, that's about all the wins I see. They've got a they got to play Mississippi State, the rival in Starville. We got Texas A and M at home. They didn't look great against Arkansas this last weekend. Arkansas is not a very good football team, mm-hmm. you know. But man, it's you, you you know you start off zero to zero, you roll the ball out there, and uh, you know, you got to fight and chant. Well, unless you're Ole Miss playing in Tuscaloosa, then you don't have a chance. Uh, but, you know, any given Saturday. Uh, yeah. Tuscaloosa, Tuscaloosa is a different animal. Tuscaloosa yeah. and Clemson uh, are, the, are, the, are the big dogs. Even though they struggled this past weekend to, uh, to beat North Carolina. So, what, I mean, you just never know. I, I, think, I, think this, I think this college football season has gotten a little bit – or college football overall has gotten a little bit more weird and more challenging. Because, like, there's there's no-name teams that are beating the big dogs, right? Like, you had – like, this past weekend, you had Wisconsin struggle against Northwestern. You'll have an Army give Michigan, you know what I mean, an overtime yeah, run for their money. You'll have, you'll have these, like, no-name teams, these small teams, like a Towson or – you know what I mean? Like, these don't need to show up and play and beat the bigger schools. So, this is me trying to convince myself as to that's what happened against Central Michigan. That we just didn't kind of show up. It was like, oh, man, it's Central Michigan. We'll be all right. They won one game last year. Don't worry about it. And you just don't show up at all, get out of the game with no injuries, and I guess you see that as a win, but you only won by five points, and they had a chance to win at the end. Like, if we don't pick it off, yeah. they almost beat us. Like, so you have those moments. So, I like, it's weird. I don't know. Like, Duke beat the shit out of Virginia Tech, which we're playing, like, 45 to 14, and it's Duke. You know what I mean? Like, you have these moments where you just don't know. Every Saturday, it's a surprise. You really don't know anymore because right. the talent level yeah. is so distributed. No, And this leads us perfectly into the topic we talked about before. So California just passed the law to let players get paid and have agents. I completely agree with this. I've always said that NCAA players or college players should get paid. And I mean at every level because they're dedicating themselves and their bodies to something we have no idea of, right? Like we've kind of fucked around with sports but we've never dedicated our entire lives to be at that level. And it could all be taken away in an instant. And you don't have an NFL career anymore. You don't have any money. And you bullshitted your way through school because you probably got handed grades the entire time. Let's be real. Let's have a real honest conversation about this shit. So what do you think about California passing that law? And I think it should be uh, countrywide, nationwide. Yeah, I – I agree. I'm for it. I'm for the pay. I'm for – I am pro player. Uh, mm-hmm. The NCAA, man, they just sit back and they collect so much. I mean, they collect billions of dollars, you know, um, selling the likeness, these players' likeness. Uh, and, and like you said, man, these, these kids are saying – the argument is, well, they're getting an education. Like, mm-hmm. these kids are majoring in criminal justice and sports recreation management. These kids aren't going to school – for the education, they're going to school to get better, get coached, and get to the league. That's their end game, and they're one play away, one snap away, one cut away from having that all taken from them. Mm-hmm. So, if Ben Borges, proprietor of Manchester Podcast, mm-hmm. wants to sponsor uh, a Miami wide receiver for five hundred dollars, then you should then you should be able to do that. He should be able to accept that money. Yep. You know. Um, you know, if I wanted to sponsor whoever. And and then people argue, they say, well, Tua Tagovailoa 
you know, the quarterback at Alabama, well, he might get $250,000 where, you know, the second string tight end might not get anything. Well, that's kind of part of it. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's capitalism, you know. Yeah. Um, if Mercedes-Benz dealership wants to to it a sale, you know, I drive a Mercedes, you should too. Yep. And he wants to use his likeness to make money because, you know, a couple of years ago, some of these like John Parker Wilson, some of these old Alabama quarterbacks, uh, when they're a quarterback at Alabama, that's probably the most uh, famous, I guess, the most yep. popular they're ever going to be. Because yep. these these Alabama quarterbacks, besides Tua, Tua being the exception, they're not world beaters. They're, I mean, nope. they're, they're not going out and, and having 10, 15 years in the league. So they're – that's when they have their best marketability is right then. And they should be able to take advantage of that, man. And for the NCAA, um, I know I'm kind of rambling now, man. I saw a, I saw a quote where Mark Emmerich, uh, the head, I think it's the head of the NCAA, said mm-hmm. that this was the worst thing he had seen. And, I, and I'm thinking the worst thing. I'm like, there was uh, – Baylor was covering up rape. Yep. Vanderbilt was hiding rape. Uh, Michigan State, they were molesting people. Uh, the FBI is investigating Kansas, Auburn, Arizona basketball uh, mm-hmm. for corruption, for pay for play. And I'm like, and this is the worst. I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, you go fucking, you know, go choke on it, you know. Yeah. But yo, um, I, that's that's my that's my feelings. I, I feel you on that. I'm gonna go on a little tangent about something. I just I remember a couple weeks ago I told you about a book. Uh, it's called uh, Talking to Strangers from Malcolm Gladwell. They're actually going to detail about that Michigan State thing. This shit makes me so mad because, like, sexual abuse is very personal. Like, this this is on some different level shit. Like, this guy used to give these these girls, right, these young kids, something called the pelvic floor exam. So he literally, I'm going to be blatant here, and I apologize to anybody who doesn't, he would basically finger them because if they had, like, lower back pain or muscles, so he'd finger them, and that was the procedure that he would do. That's it, That was his, like, master plan. And he had people so convinced that he wasn't doing anything wrong that even when the girls told their parents or told other coaches, nothing happened. So for over 20 years, so thousands upon tens of thousands of girls that went through the USA Olympic program, the Michigan State, and all the other places he worked at were abused by this guy, and nothing ever happened. You know what I mean? So that that market, first of all, Mark Edmonds should go to fucking hell, right? Because the NCAA is a not not profit non profit organization, so they don't pay any taxes for all the money that they get. When they get twenty billion dollars from ESPN, who does that go to? That doesn't go to the players. Who are you ever watching a game for? Because of who the coach is, you don't give a fuck. The coach will be replaced because he'll move on to the NFL or another team. You watch because of that players and that and that and that institution, right? You grow a passion like. Growing up with you, you know, in Mississippi, you had you all you have is college football. Alabama, all you have is college football. So you're right with John Parker Wilson. Uh, you can go down the line of Alabama irrelevant quarterbacks that have never been anything in the league. That's as popular as they're ever going to be. Let them be pitchmen for car salesmen. Let them make the money now because all they have is that fame. Like you, we watched. We both watched Friday Night Lights, right? Like high school. When you're in it, you're the most popular person you could ever be. Right, like so, you're gonna get kickbacks anyway. To be penalized for that, for all the kids that don't make it, because for all the hundreds or was it like 20, 22, was it twenty eight draft picks, seven rounds? So anywhere like two hundred. I'm doing the math here, like two hundred and thirty players. That's all you get every year out of like a hundred and nineteen schools. And there's 
80 kids on a 80 80 kids on a school roster like yeah, 85 on. scholarship probably 100 100 with walk-ons and everything exactly yeah, like you have all those kids because you all you all we'll see is the kids that get hurt on Saturdays you don't hear about the kids that blew out their knee in practice they gotta miss the whole year you don't hear about nothing. those kids don't matter because they're just kids and you just filter the next one in filter the next one in it doesn't matter though like I remember years ago 2002 when Miami lost the national championship, Willis McGay, he blew out his knee in the worst knee injury I've ever seen in my life in person, like not in person, but like in TV, where his knee bent the complete opposite way, right? Like it just comes because like he got a helmet to the knee and his knee bent. Like, you know how your knee bends one way? It went, yeah, it just, yeah, it went like this. Like instead of this, it did this. You know what I mean? So it got, it got fucked up. And he got lucky and he came back that same year and played for the Bills and had a good career. But that's the exception, right? Like, there's kids like the quarterback from UCF last year that blew out his knee two games before the end of the season, and he there was a chance he might not ever walk again. We we heard stories that he might get his leg amputated. Lose his leg, yep. Yeah, you know what I mean, because the blood flow was lost. Like you hear all these stories, and for for Mark Emmert to say that that's the worst thing he's ever heard of, you're a disingenuous fuck, and you can suck a dick. Like it's just that's just what it is. Like that doesn't make any sense. Like these kids yep. give their life to this game. And it never gives them any – their brain trauma is the same. Their injuries are exactly the same. They play football for – by the time a kid graduates high school, he's probably been playing since he was, what, five or six, right, depending on depending on what city he grew up in, maybe seven. So anywhere between 12, 17 years you've been playing football every day because there's no offseason because your dad sees something in you, and that's a whole different argument, right? Like, he just pushes you, and you're going to get us out this motherfucking place. Right. So – the, yeah, absolutely. The kids should get paid, man. There's, I don't understand the people who argue against it. And real quick, fuck Tim Tebow for having the argument, bro. You were a god in Florida. You were a god. Sorry, I know that's not your thing because you're evangelical. I apologize, Tim Tebow. Please don't come after me with your perfect hair and jawline. But still, listen, man. Like you don't get, you don't get to have the same argument because you also were on the team with Aaron Hernandez that killed people. <laughs> And a bunch of beasts on defense. Like, you you had a lot of things going on around you. You don't get to have that yeah. same argument because who you were at Florida gave you your career. If you were an average quarterback, you were, if you were Chris Leak, you didn't have the same career. Chris Leak ended at Florida. And what, none, none else ever happened to him. He gave, you the, he gave the same work, did everything the same, and got none of, that, none of the same benefits. You were a winner in college. You won nine games one year in the NFL, and that's all you've ever done. And you've played that yeah. into an amazing career. You played for the Mets. You've done amazing shit because you're an amazing athlete. Give all the credit in the world to Tim Tebow. But you don't then get to tell other kids they don't they don't get that benefit. You don't you don't get that. You don't get to say you don't because you don't know their situations. How many kids you know right now that are dead broke, poor as shit, and that's their only hope? And imagine that's your only hope, and then you get hurt. Your senior or junior year, and your and the NFL won't touch you. Then what? Then what do you do? Because you can't be a gym teacher with with a, a damn dislocated kneecap. You can't do anything with mass communications. I mean, you're you're you've given your entire life to this, and then it's taken away from you. That's crazy. God damn, that was a serious rant. I know it was gonna go on that long, but I got it. Liked it. Yeah, I liked it. Uh kind of what what you were talking about. You know about the kids growing up dirt poor and stuff. Um, one of my doctors I was talking to the other day. He's got three boys, and uh, 
they play baseball and soccer. He played he played a little college softball, like NIA, uh, mm-hmm. kind of like Division three type ball. Yeah. <laughs> he said his oldest son. They were watching. Uh, they were watching some baseball game, and his oldest son was like, "I think I want to, you know, play ball when I get older. For you know, that's what I want to do when I grow up." Right. And he well, play baseball. He said, "Yeah." He said, "Well, uh, you know the you know the two hours a night that you spend on Fortnite." Or that mm-hmm. you're up in your room watching YouTube, he said. There's some kid over the Dominican Republic that don't have shoes on right now, yep. who's taking taking BP and fielding ground balls with a piece of cardboard, you know. Yep. Uh, like so, then that kind of goes back to what you said. These kids have been doing it since they're five years old, and it's all they know. And in one instant, it could be taken away. And whether they get two hundred thousand dollars, like a two attack of Loa, or whether the the Miami first baseman for the girls softball team gets fifty bucks. Yep. That's still that's fifty bucks, man. She could go pay her cell phone bill. She could go get her nails done. I don't know, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, first the, baseman at Miami softball are doing. Right, because the one thing they, they can't didn't have do, because the one thing they can't do when they're that dedicated to their to their craft, which is sports, they can't have a job, they can't have any income. So then, what you what you're doing? Another thing is, all right, so you want to be mad that they don't want to get any money? Then don't limit stupid shit like where they can eat from and how much they could spend because that can be looked as a as a kickback or something. Then don't then don't do that. Cause these let's be real, all these kids are getting because there's no way if they're on limited meals that the Alabama offensive line looks the way they look. There's no way that the Clemson offensive line or the defensive line look the way they look. To be that size, right? To be that size and to maintain that size and that strength and that conditioning. You're taking everything. You're eating fucking because those work, you you don't work out like a regular person. Like me and you could try to do one of those workouts one time. We'll never work out again for the rest of our lives and still be sore, right? Like that's a different, like that's you have to eat, to recuperate, to rehab. All that shit is nutrition. They have, they pay their nutritionist thousands upon thousands. Like it doesn't make sense to me for anybody who makes the argument that they shouldn't be paid. Honestly, man, go fuck yourself. Like I, like, I, I don't, I don't get it. Like you've never, you've. And as fans, a lot of people are like, oh, but they're, they're going to make it to the league and get paid. Yeah, but that's such a slim percentage. You know what I mean? And it's not handing out participation trophies. It's the fact that John Parker Wilson never made it to the league but won two national titles with, with a beast of a defense and only threw four touchdowns. You know what I mean? Like, right. at Alabama, he's the biggest he's ever going to be. He should, be get, he should get paid for his likeness. That's it. That's why we can't play NCAA now. <laughs> Right? Like, that's why we can't play NC2A anymore because they knew what they were doing was wrong. No, bring it back and just give the colleges a, a, a proceed of it. If they make $100 billion off the game one year, split that up. Yes, the bigger conferences and the bigger names get more money and you parse it down the, down the line. It's not that serious. Mark Emmett, you've made all the money you're ever going to make. You don't need to make more, you greedy bastard. You, you've done well. You you pimped all these kids out and made all the money. You're good. Yeah, that's that. And, and it all comes full circle now. Back to the California thing, man. They're California's gonna fight that shit. Yep. And if they could get some, California's a big state, man. If they could get somebody else involved, like Texas or Florida, yeah. Uh, NCAA, man. They you would think if, if I'm with the NCAA, I'm like, shit, I gotta work out a deal with these cats. Yep. Let's let's do the Olympic model. Let's do something because if I don't work out a deal. They're going to go in and cut nuts, man. And they're yeah. going to just uh, – in our lifetime, there ain't going to be no more NCAA, man. It's going to be gone. The Power yeah. Five are going to break off and yeah. do their own thing. 
you know. Uh, if just but, if California California is one of the biggest states for athletes in the in the nation, right? We know that. We follow college sports better than better than most people. Because all we have. If you if they get if they get Texas, it's over. Just Texas. Yeah. If you get Texas to jump in on that, which is going to be hard because it's, it's it's you're fighting a lot of your first of all I don't even know how I passed in California to be honest with you because the amount of money that we're putting into fighting it is going to be crazy and Texas is going to be even worse because that's where you have like the people who are like oh you got to honor the honor the sport you got to love it no 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 if you never played no 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 no, no not your argument brother just stay quiet if yeah. you don't got that experience I'll, I'll listen to people who played the game and they can tell us what it's like. Because players that have played the game that work for ESPN tell you, yeah, we took money. Like you have, like yo, you have, you have no income. How do you feed yourself? You know, yeah. what I mean? like you, you have to get those benefits. Like it doesn't ruin, it doesn't ruin what you did on Saturday. You still missed that tackle or made that tackle. It doesn't matter if you yeah. got an extra meal at Taco Bell or you went to a steakhouse. That none of that changes your performance on the field. It, it just doesn't. Again, to, and for people who think that. I got a surprise for you, man. They're all getting paid. They're all getting paid. Yeah. All of them. Every player, like it just every player is. All alert. <laughs> every single one of them are. It's 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 an unwritten rule. I've seen blue chips. They get paid. They all get right. paid. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But Texas, if they get Texas, if they somehow get Texas with this law, it's over. You can't fight Texas. Yeah. And they've got a couple. They've got a couple years because it doesn't come what till is it 20, 2023, 2024, yeah. or something like that. Yeah, twenty twenty three. But they passed it. That's it, and it's been signed into law. So then I don't know what what I'll find interesting is like what happens if what happens to those California schools? Like, do they not do they not get acknowledged by the NCAA? And the NCAA plays hardball with them. So you're gonna stop USC, UCLA, Cal. You know what I mean? Like all these schools, you're gonna stop them from from being relevant because you don't like them, and then then you what you're right. doing, doing is showing punitive damages to kids, right? Like they had nothing to do with the law. So then then you're saying it is a business because you're not. In, so then you're getting into a slippery slope there where I don't, it gets it gets a little messy. So then you're fucking with them yeah, and you're well. fucking with their money because then you're fucking with the school's money because they're not getting advertising, they're not getting TV time, and all that shit. I, what I kind of want to happen is it to all come come to fruition. And in 20, as much as a non-USC fan I am, right? Uh, how great would it be in 2023 for the USC to go undefeated and be eligible for a national championship? And in the NCAA go, well, yeah, y'all are paying players. Everybody's ineligible. Yeah. It'll be riots in the streets. And I oh, love yeah. chaos. But I think, I think it would that. take something like that, though. I think it would. I would. I think it would take something like that to happen, for for people to get actually outraged. Because right now you still have the people like, oh, they're college kids. They don't deserve to get paid. They're getting a free school. Yeah, but you got to think about like the Power Five conferences and, and the big time schools. How much money those kids are making for the schools? Like that's that's an investment those those schools made into that kid because they knew their returns are going to be crazy. When you have a Trevor Lawrence, you know what I mean at Clemson. He's selling it like Clemson's been balling since Deshaun Watson. But what this kid Trevor Lawrence is doing with his sunshine look from Remember the Titans, like his marketability is, is insane. Like they're talking about this kid like nobody's ever played quarterback before in college football. That's how great he is. Like nobody's ever what, done it. What number? What number is Trevor Lawrence? Twelve, I want to say. 
Okay. So, so a 10 year old now who goes and buys a number, a number 12, uh, Clemson Jersey. Yep. Like he's not buying that cause he's been a Clemson fan his whole life. He's buying that because he likes to watch Trevor Lawrence and his golden locks of awesomeness play football on yeah. Saturday, you know, and he should be able to get a cut of that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm looking at him. I'm looking at, oh, my bad. 16. Who was number 16? 16. There yeah. you go. So, yeah. You see, six, you see a bunch of ten-year-olds with sixteen jerseys. It's not because their favorite number is sixteen. Yeah. You know, <laughs> no, nobody's favorite number is sixteen. No, nobody, nobody likes sixteen. Nobody likes sixteen, <laughs> except pedophiles. Yeah. And that's there you go. That's what we talked about. How old I am? I mean, I'm like Chris Hansen on one hand. Yeah. Uh, anywhere between <laughs> anywhere between sixteen yeah. and thirty-five. Uh, anywhere between. Um, I need you to have a seat for a second. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, you know where you're here. I what? I thought everybody liked candy. <laughs> I always carry Smirnoff and condoms in my. <laughs> <laughs> so what if it's Mike's Hard Lemonade? <laughs> Jolly Ranchers. Don't judge me, Chris Hansen. <laughs> Yo, you know he. You know he like is going to jail or some shit for like tax fraud. Is he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, bro, you can't be doing your taxes. Come on! Man. I hope they busted his ass like like he does them. I hope they brought him to like a to like a Jackson Hewitt tax service place. <laughs> he walked in. He walked in with some some Manila folders, and they were like, "Hi, have a seat." <laughs> walk walk into H and R Block, Chris. You know why you're here. You know why you're. You know why you're here, Chris. We we've seen your emails and your texts. You didn't want to pay your taxes. Let's 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 sit down and have a talk. I, what? I, I brought my account with me. No, no, sir. That's I, not your account. He hasn't been paying your taxes. I always have these W-2s. Like, those aren't W-2s. That's, that's are, the back of a Lucky Charms box. That's, that's <laughs> those are just random numbers you wrote yourself, Chris. That's not how, <laughs> that's not how this works. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, man. Ugh. I can't believe your daughter's about to be, first of all, terrible segue from going to Chris Henson. Right. <laughs> it's like, terrible, speaking terrible. of young children. Uh, let's all right, hey man, uh, you are you're a father of two now, right? Crazy shit. Yeah. I I had a conversation with my brother. I don't know if you caught it on my last podcast, and I'm gonna start asking all the, all my guests on this podcast. What does it mean to you to be a father, and what does it mean to you? What is your definition of a man? Like, what is what does that signify to you? So I did catch the first part. I got about an hour into you and your brother's podcast and mm. where y'all talk about, you know, y'all kind of growing up without the biological father and that. Right. And, and, and not really knowing what it's like to be a man. Like, is it, oh, because I pay bills? Is it because I cut the grass? Mm -hmm. Like what qualifies or quantifies me as a man? And having two kids now, I, I'm still not sure I know. You know, um, what I try to do, and, and it's hard, man. And, and even after eight years of having, you know, my daughter will be eight tomorrow, even after eight years, it's a work in progress. You know, every day it's learning. I mean, you're, it, you're, you're always learning. You just, you just kind of try to be the best person for them. Mm -hmm. You know, it's now, now when I do something, I'm not just worried about, my consequences of my actions, but I'm also worried about the little eyes who see me do what I do. Right. You know, 
Um, so I think, you know, as far as being a good man um, is, you know, I, you, you also have to be careful with, with, I, I like to, me and, me and my eight-year-old are, are buds. We're best right. friends. But at the same time, I'm her dad. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and I will whip that ass, mm-hmm. you know. Um, she understands that, hey, we can joke and we can play. But at the same time, you got to discipline them. And I'm, I'm kind of rambling and stuttering now, but um, it teaches you a lot. But it's a, it's a, you're constantly working. You know, every day is something new. And uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give a million dollars for another one, but I wouldn't give mine up for a million. You no. know, uh, no. <laughs> it. If you'd have told you know twenty years ago, Colby, what I'd be doing on a Saturday morning at six thirty, you know, it'd have been you know. What, hungover? Yeah. No, it's uh getting getting an eleven month old up, you know, feeding him a bottle while we watch Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. I would have laughed at you, yeah. man. I wouldn't trade it for the world, man. Like the the when you see him do something, like my eight year old playing softball. When I see her do something that I've worked with her, mm-hmm. or I see my eleven month old smile at me, man. It's it's those moments that you kind of take in, and and you think you know maybe I am doing something right or maybe I have done something right, you know? Yeah. Uh, and and when, when one thing you were talking about, I know y'all were talking about, uh, you were talking about putting gas, just, you know, things like putting gas mm-hmm. in, in the gas can. Yeah. And I kept, I was I was listening when, going down the road, and I was like, I was blessed. My dad was, now my mom and dad were divorced when I was little, mm-hmm. but he was around. And so uh, I was blessed to have teaching moments like that growing up. And my wife made a comment to me years ago. Uh, I was at my dad's. We were doing something with a trailer. And, and she was like, it's cool watching watching me and him kind of, you know, we're not super close. I mean, I don't right. tell him I love you. And, you know, we don't hug and stuff. But right. she said it was cool seeing that interaction. And I take it for granted sometimes. But then I hear something like that. And I'm like, man, I'm, I'm blessed. I was lucky to have that growing up. And I won't. Cade, which is my 11 month old, I want him and Adley to have that, you know, I'm going to, I mean, I'll do everything I can to be there, you know, maybe things, you know, sometimes things don't work out with moms and dads, but, you know, uh, to have that is to have something special, you know? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, man, like, one of the, so I I brought up that story about the gas can, because I was like, man, like, this is some simple, you know what I mean? Like, because I don't, like I said on the podcast, like, I didn't have I don't remember that moment growing up where like I saw my dad or my stepdad doing that. And I'm reading and I'm, right. and I'm like reading these instructions and it's almost like you almost like revert back to that kid or like, man, like, like this is some simple shit. Like I should be able to do this. You know what I mean? So if right. I'm ever blessed to have, you know what I mean? Kids on my own, like you, you almost, I almost know like I'm going to be there every moment, which is like a challenge. Like for me, like then I start thinking about this job with my kids. You know what I mean? Because, yeah, we're home, but when we're gone, we're gone. You know what I mean? Like, and the thought of missing any of those moments, and it hasn't even happened yet, freaks me out. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. all the stuff you think about. Like, it's a challenge for, for men, for the most part, to talk about these things, right? Because we don't, you don't really hear these conversations. You don't, like, I, I posted the conversation a couple weeks ago, and, like, we were, like, me and my brother were actually, a, like, attacked by, like, this, you know what I mean? Like, not attacked, but, like, somebody started, like, going off, like, oh, men don't have it that hard like, yo, like that's that's what we're trying to get to right now. Like, you gotta understand, like men have the issues with certain things, and 
Like we got to be able to talk about them because it, it helps you process it. So like being yeah. vulnerable and talking about what me and bro, me and my brother grew up with, ch- the challenges we had, is an honest conversation because we don't know that shit. You know what I mean? Like I had to yeah. teach my brother how to shave. I mean, cause that's one of the reasons. That's why I came home for an army. Like my brother is somebody that I wanted to make sure didn't have those same challenges. I mean, and I try to do the best I can for him. Like it's, it's different. Like when, like I, I wanted to ask you because you know you are a father and, and it's and it's a totally different dynamic. Like I know how present you are with your kids, and, and how much you love them. You know I mean, because we're we're really close friends. Like we're damn near, we're up there by best friends. As, as, as you know, what I mean, you stayed at my house. I fed you. You know, what I mean, we're we're basically family. Once once you share a meal, once you share a meal, you're basically family. That's just what it is. You know what I mean? So like we and we talk about about a bunch of shit all the time. So like that, I wanted to get your your understanding of it. Is like you mentioned something that like you and your dad don't hug. Like is that? And I, I'm sure I don't know if you got to the part of the podcast where like my brother went to a gay club and like some guy gave him a compliment. Yeah, he said, yeah, he, he said that towards the end. He was like, "Yo, like like he up until that point." He had struggled like just accepting compliments. I mean, like he didn't know how to like because he never he didn't know how to accept like positive reinforcement. Because as a man, like you don't know if like you just you're just supposed to go through the motions and make these things happen, or if you are supposed to accept them. Like you know what that felt good. Like does feeling good from a compliment make you weak because oh somebody you know what I mean like like the whole like don't be a bitch always be a man type of type of dynamic. Like I've never understood what that meant. I mean, also because I didn't have the foundation to understand it. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, does that mean I got to have callus on my hands at all times and covered in oil? Like, I don't know what the fuck, I don't know what the fuck that means. Like, be a man and, and don't accept these moments. So when my brother told me that, he's like, yeah, man, after that, like, this, this guy came up to me, put his, I'll tell you the story. He put his hands on my shoulders and he goes, you're a beautiful man. Have an amazing night or some shit like that. And he just left. He's like, yo, what the fuck? Like, and he's like, man, like, I'll be honest. Like, that felt good. You know what I mean? Because up until like you you struggle with, as a man, you struggle with self confidence issues and depression and all these other things. And like I'm, I'm going a little long here, but like I was talking to my other boys. Like I think the fact that we don't talk about our emotions and depression and the things that give us anxiety is why there's such anger and vitriol for a lot of men. You know what I mean? Because we're not we're never told how to deal with our emotions, right? Like you get angry just like I get angry. You get scared just like I get scared. We all we all have the same feelings. Being being able to talk to talk about them to somebody helps us process shit better. Keeping all that shit in, I think my own theory turns you could turn you into like a mass shooter. You know what I mean? Like to, could turn you into like a person who does some dark dark shit because you have these this volcano of emotions that you were never told how to deal with. That when you want to talk about them, you're being called a bitch or being called weak or all this different shit. And so that's all stuff that has to be taken out. Was a, if you don't have those conversations with somebody, maybe your parents, your friend, or somebody to talk to, and you got to be able to open up, that makes I think that makes you a better person, not weak. So, like, that's one thing that I'm going to constantly push on this podcast for as long as I can because I'm going to be doing this shit. Even if I never blow up and I never get popular and six people here, I don't give a fuck. That's one thing that I'm going to constantly push just because it needs to be heard and it needs to be talked about, man. And it's not a bad thing, yo. Like, crying, crying in movies doesn't make you a bitch. When, when Mufasa died, if you didn't cry, you should go to jail. Oh. All every we, single motherfucker. Every single one. Yeah. We we've got to get to a point, like you said, societally where where we understand, like you said, it is okay to being a man doesn't mean you have to have callous hands and 
you know, work 14 hours a day. You know, mm -hmm. maybe, maybe 50 years ago, that was the definition of a man, but yep. you know, all that to the side, it, it kind of goes back to just a mental health issue. Like you said, you know, you get sad, you get mad, man, open up to somebody, find somebody to talk to. There are people out there. Listen, I was on Twitter the other day and, and, and they were talking about, um, you know, people committing suicide or like you said, school shooting, man, mm -hmm. it, I feel like if, if there was a person there that could have just the moment that it snapped, Hey, I'm going to take my own life or I'm going to take the life of innocent people. Maybe if, if there was somebody there and maybe not, you know, but maybe if there was somebody there to go, Hey man, let's talk or Hey mm -hmm. woman, let's talk. Yep. That I think that could just make a world of difference. And if, and if the stigma is you got to be a man and suck it up, then it's going to make it harder for those people to get the help that they need yep. to find that person that they want to talk to. Um, and it's, I mean, nothing but good can come out of it. You know what, yep. what, what could hurt if you talk to somebody and they, and they, and you can't talk them out. Of, I mean, if somebody's dead set on, on taking their life, man, they're going to do it, you yep. know, but if you're there and, and you have the chance to change it man, take, take a shot at it, man. Yep. And, and if, and if any of your listeners, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, we travel a lot, you know, and, and so we have time to do different things. And if anybody listens, you know, they, I mean, I know they don't, nobody knows me that's probably listening, but right. man, if, if I could, if I could be a helpful word or just talk you down off that cliff, man, I'll, I'll be more than happy to do it, you know? Um, cause this, cause that's, man, that's forever, man. Yep. You, you, you put that trigger in your mouth or your head or you take them pills, man. And they're waking up. Forever's yep. a long time, and Forever's it's selfish, time. you know. Um, yeah, man. No, I, but I, I yeah, Lion King. Yeah, you know, if you don't, if you don't cry to a Lion King, I don't know what's wrong with you, man. That's, I don't know what's wrong you with you. Bro. Yeah, you, yeah. you got to like my wife. My wife will make fun of me. You know, because she's like, "Oh, you're so, you're so something." Like I cry in movies. I have no shame in the shit. I mean, if a movie yeah. gets to me, like, "Oh, this, this is a good ass movie," because I'm involved and I'm in the movie. I'm like that, that doesn't, that doesn't signify any kind of weakness. That doesn't mean anything else. Like I was talking to my brother about it too. It was like, is, is like giving compliments to other men because is that seen as like, be real? Like is that seen as gay? Like there's just I'll, I'll tell the story again, just like I did on the last. I'm watching this show now called Chicago PD that my father-in-law got me into, right? And there's this dude on the show. I'm beyond, There's no way other to describe this dude than pretty, right? Like the dude is pretty, right? Like he's just he's just a pretty dude. So it's like is that is that something that you're not supposed to do? Like. And he's like, yeah, man, like, after that compliment, and my brother's like, after that compliment that I got from the guy, like, I started giving my, my boys compliments. Like, yo, man, that shirt looks good. Like, I don't, or I like those shoes. Is that something you're not supposed to do? Because, like, that's seen as, as female or as gay. Like, why? Like, why is giving a compliment to one of your friends, like, a, like a bad thing? Like, that, that's just the whole stigma. Like, first of all, that, that, that doesn't make any sense, right? I was like, yo, man, that shirt don't look good, bro. Change that shit. That's it's not a good look. It's a bad call. You shouldn't have worn it. You have no problem right. bashing somebody for wearing some crazy shit. You should also have no problem giving somebody that compliment. All right, man. That's, that's, all right, I see. Like, I remember my boy. I'll never forget this shit. My boy, back when it was probably 10 years ago, we went to the beach. And at that time, I was hitting the gym, like, dedicated, right? Like, I was in that bitch six days a week, eating right and everything. My boy goes, hey, man, you look like you lost some weight, man. I mean, like, and he started giving me all these compliments. And I felt a little uncomfortable. I was like, wait. Hey, bro, you hitting on me right now? Like, fucking with him. But even in that moment, I was like, it felt good. I am, man. Right. Somebody's appreciating your hard work and all the things you're doing. Like, when you, I think one year you had put on a little bit of weight, and then you came back, and you started, you did kitty on lost, lost a matter of my weight. 
I was like, yo, man, you look good, bro. You lost, you lost some weight. You look healthier. I don't know how the fuck he did keto while also doing this job because I've done nothing but gain weight doing this job because I eat like shit getting truck food. But I'm trying to figure this shit out, this, this balance out. I'm going to have to like, cook asparagus and eat that while I drive or some shit. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's not this yeah. bad thing to give one of your... Go ahead. Get you a hot plate with the, <laughs> with the cigarette lighter. <laughs> we got dash cams now. We can't do that type of shit no more. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, you're talking, talking about taking compliments. Um, and it wasn't a compliment. It was a gay guy. Uh, we went to x-ray school with him. And uh, had a boyfriend. Matter of fact, him and his partner were the first ones to be legally married in Rankin County when they legalized gay marriage in Mississippi. That's crazy. They were him and his partner were the first one. Nicest, they were the nicest people you'll ever meet in your life. Mm-hmm. And one day for class, I, I went in, didn't feel good. I sat on the front row because I'm I'm ADD. Mm-hmm. If I'm not sitting front and center, it shit's over with. Yep. And so teacher said, just, just keep your head down. And I'm 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 a, an adult at this point. I'm not a kid in college anymore. She said, just lay your head down on your desk. You know, thanks for coming in. I know you don't feel good. So then we had clinicals the next day and then class again that Friday. And uh walk into class and I on my desk was photocopied of the notes. And I'm looking around and I saw his name on the top right corner. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, man, he's like, I noticed you didn't feel good the other day. I made you a copy of the notes. That's awesome. Didn't have to do that. Didn't ask him to do that. He wasn't hitting on me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it made me feel good. I was like, you know, and then it's like, oh, he's a gay guy. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. no, it's, it wasn't like that. Yeah. You know, but like you said, something like that, somebody that, and, and I don't know if it, it, it wasn't different because it was a male. I mean, a female could have done it. But it, it's kind of a compliment that somebody noticed. Mm-hmm. That you weren't feeling great, and they went out of their way because nobody had to do that for me. Yep. Went out of his way to make sure I had what I needed, you know. And it does; it feels good, you know. There's nothing wrong with feeling good, yeah. You know. And and one thing we got we got a no, definitely not. I mean, he probably was probably put his number on the back, but that's that's whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I think I think the the issue is too is like that these these conversations or, or those moments are looked at as like as feminine. You know what I mean? Like that whole like, oh, men are men are weaker now and all that stuff. I was like, no, I just think men are evolving more. Like you have like there's this transition where you kinda you have like, yeah, like fifty years ago, women were beaten and kept in the kitchen and barefoot and pregnant because they weren't allowed to do anything else. You know what I mean? Like as you put more women in the workforce and as you put you know what I mean, like we become aware of the ways we used to think we're we're wrong, right? Like because women are just as human as we are. There's no Real differences. Matter of fact, I, I personally think, first of all, women carry children. We can never do that shit. So that automatically, automatically makes them tougher. Like that's just, and they they give birth, they get they or they have a C-section, which is crazy. You know what I mean? Like that that whole concept of it is fuck is fucking insane. And if enough, all we have to do to not put them in harm's way is to start talking about our feelings more. That shouldn't be, that shouldn't be a thing that's frowned upon. You know what I mean? Like, right. as as men, we should have those conversations as more than just like, "Hey, man, that that was a good game." You know what I mean? Like, we gotta have, we gotta evolve more as humans because it's it's we're gonna be we're stuck on this fucking rock together anyway, right? Like, talk yeah. about your feelings more, not so much about like talk about your fears. Like, if you, I'll give like 
honest, honestly, like if you have a problem with people who are immigrants, let's let's really delve into that. Like, let's find out why. Let's let's try to figure out why you don't like this person so much that you've never met, or why you're afraid of this. You know what I mean? Talk to your kids why bullying. Like in the last two weeks down here in Florida, we had this kid with autism get attacked, and like nobody stopped it. Right? Like there was it was in the boys' locker room. They like threw him over a bench, kept punching him, and people were just videoing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's the the lack of hum, the the humanization of people and the desensitization of men and little boys because you know th- those conversations aren't had for a variety of reasons. Right? Like I'm not trying to say I, I know why. You know what I mean? But like you gotta you gotta be able to have those conversations. Like yo, like that's wrong, bro. Like there's no place where that's cool. Like and the fact that there was no other boys. Or even the teacher that was in the locker room stopped it is insane to me. Like that, that just shows that cowardice and a lack of leadership in all the men in all their lives and all those little boys, because not one of them, like not one of them, was like, "Yeah, we should stop this shit." Like I wouldn't let that happen. You know what I mean? Growing up, like I, I was never, I was bullied more than I bullied, but I never bullied to be a dick. It was always like just talking shit with my friends. Like I never picked on somebody out of my way to do that. That's just never been my thing. Like, I've always just made fun of my friends in my circle. You know what I mean? And they made fun of me. And that's just what, that's just how, the dynamic we've had. But like this, this bullying shit and this, like that shit made me mad. I'm, I'm watching this shit. And I'm like, well, they're just punching this kid in the face and he's like crying and everybody's just videoing it. And you hear the like teacher in the, filming. yeah. And you hear the teacher in the background. Hey, cut that out. Hey man, get the fuck up and go do something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like don't, uh, don't talk about how you're losing someone. When you're not standing up for shit. Oh, I had a my little girl had a softball game last uh, yesterday afternoon, and on the way home I didn't hear it. My wife, my wife had said something, but she kind of made the comment of, "I'm glad they moved me over to first base because that other girl kept messing up or or, or wasn't doing right or mm-hmm. it, it was something. It was a it was a criticism, and, and, I, and I almost I almost fucking pulled the car over and slammed you know and, and got out. Yeah. I told her, I said, I don't ever want to hear you talk. I said, this is your teammate. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a difference between you going to your teammate or, or, or there being an issue and, and a coach going, hey, let's try to do this to better the team. Let's try to do this. I said, but I don't ever want to hear you talk about somebody, make fun of somebody, you know, somebody's different from you, somebody didn't – somebody's not as good as you. I was like, because believe me, I was like, there's always somebody better. And then I kind of went, you know, she struck out. I was like, you're pretty good, and you struck out. Yep. I said, do you think anybody's talking, making fun of you for striking out? I was like, so you keep your mouth shut and you support your team and you lift them up. And she yep. was just kind of like, you know, because I'm not yep. going to stand for that shit. I got I got picked on when I was little because I was 130 pounds and uh, I got picked on a lot. And uh, I'm not going to have my kids being assholes and, and being that. Now, I told her at the same time, if somebody ever does something to you, you have every right to defend yourself and protect right. yourself and stand up for yourself. But don't ever – be that asshole that, you know, that just starts shit just being a bully, you know, because yeah. you don't know what somebody's got going on at home, you know. Like me and you, like we grew up together as kids and we kind of joke back and forth and you might say something to me or I might say something back. I don't know what you got going on at your house. You don't know. Yeah. I, you know, I might go home and get beat, you know, and, mm-hmm. and nobody knows that. You drive by and you see a nice house and you're like, oh, everything's peachy keen inside there, not knowing that the dad's an alcoholic and, and he beats his kids and, you know. Yeah. So you never know, man. 
Yeah, mom's a drug addict and and is never right. home and out fucking around and just doing a bunch of shit. Yep. Yeah, you just never know what's going on in some kid's life, man. But that's 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 real cool that you did that, man. Like, I think yeah. sports has that way where like you either have the competitive nature of it, but it also builds the teamwork, right? Like, right. It 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 it's that constant challenge of like trying to find those two things. Cause I remember, yeah. I remember I was picked on cause like I wasn't I was always the bigger kid. I've always been the bigger kid in all the sports I've ever done. So like I got to like high school. Everybody's then. your size. Yeah, then I got to high school, then everybody's my size. But when everybody's <laughs> like, oh, that kid's like 17. Like, bro, I'm eight. Like, I'm just, I'm playing in a YMCA league. My shorts are just too short because my mom doesn't have the money to buy bigger shorts. Like, that's just, that's just what this is. Like, don't, it's not it some crazy. Yeah, it's not some crazy shit. Yeah, and real quick, I had the, I had the short shorts. It was like the 90s. Yeah, the, I'm looking back like it wasn't the 90s and shit. <laughs> Obviously, it was the 90s. It was 20, over 20 years ago. And I'm wearing the short shorts that are like cloth. They're not the they're not like the athletic material. So they would like right. roll up on me. And I had and at that time I thought tidy whities were cool. I don't know why. I ever thought that was cool. So I almost looked like I'm wearing fucking coochie cutters. And like I had like the high socks. You know what I mean? Cause nice. Again, like I, I we didn't have much. So I just had to make it work. And we, we played at a YMCA. Whatever. Like it's just so like I know what it's like being that awkward kid. So like when when people say like when people think like oh because he's bigger he's gonna be the bully like no nah, man like I've been on the other side of that and let me tell you something when you're the bigger kid and you're getting bullied it's a tough situation because you got nobody to fucking talk to because everybody goes hey man but you're bigger <laughs> than all of them just beat them up like no nah, man I'm I'm not about violence like I don't I don't like to fight just to fight I don't I'm not I I'd rather talk it out and figure it out but if I gotta punch you in the face then that'll happen but that's my last resort because I've always been the bigger kid. And I don't know my own strength. I don't know what I'm capable of in those moments. I don't know what I got. The one time I got into a fight in high school, I blacked out. Like I beat the shit out of that kid. I don't remember any of it. I remember getting up. The next thing I know, I'm handcuffed in the principal's office. Luckily, they dropped the charges because the guy threw the first punch. Didn't know that at all. And I'm and I'm handcuffed. And I'm just like, what what just, what the fuck just happened? But and after that, I never fought again. Like it just was never my thing. But wow. bullying is bullying is such a weird thing, man. And like you think about like the shit we went through as kids, like being bullied and being picked on. Now imagine that shit re- relentless through social media, social through media, all that shit. Like you have, like it's it's scary being a parent, man. So I I can't imagine what it's gonna be like for you when when your your daughter's in school and when Kay grows up, because it, it could be a totally different world in 10, 15 years. So yeah. figuring all that out, man, and and finding that balance is is gonna be crazy, because kids are getting like he, almost want to say like kids are getting worse and worse. But I'm not gonna blame the kids. It's, it's got to be the parents. Like kids are not responsible because they're just kids. Like we did dumb shit as kids. I mean, like I thought it was cool to throw rocks through a window. You know what I mean? Like it, right. you do dumb shit as kids, but it's just it's on the parents we to did. teach them better than 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 doing that shit. We used to have rock fights. We used to throw rocks at each other. Like, that's yeah. the kind of stupid shit we did. Yeah. Like, you know, first of all, that's stupid as never, fuck. Like, who yeah. thinks that's smart? Like, what dumbass friend did we have? Like, I remember growing up in Panama, because I grew up in Panama until I was, like, seven. And we had rock fights. Like, we're in the middle. First of all, we're not even ducking behind anything. We're just standing in an open field throwing rocks. What the fuck is that? Who thought that was cool, bro? Like, looking back at it, my friends were assholes, man. Because I don't think it was me. I go, you know what's really cool? Let's throw these fucking rocks at each other's faces and figure out what happens. No. That was stupid. That was so stupid. Oh, God. 
Yeah, when you you talk about the bully thing too, man, and I and I never really thought about it. And I guess I had thought about it, but but you kind of verbalized it, made me think about it more. When we got picked on, it was at school or at or at like I went to the boys and girls club, and so you get picked on wherever, and then you come home, and when you're home, it's like, for me, home was a sanctuary where like I didn't get picked on at home. It was me and my mom. Of course, like I said, my mom and dad split when I was little. Mm-hmm. Every other weekend I was there, there, but I would come home and it was just me and it was my mom and TV and like I had my toys and it was a sanctuary where I didn't have to worry about it. But now, nowadays, kids get picked on at school when they come home and they're on social media and guess what? They're still getting picked on. Yep. You know? They're getting, there's no they're getting, from it, man. There's none. You're getting messages. You're getting tagged on shit. There's like, I've, I've heard stories like of like a whole like Facebook group being made to make fun of one person. It just it doesn't make sense, man. Like, again, like it's it's a dynamic that I don't understand or what that's gonna be like. You know what I mean? For right now, or for at least the next couple of years, because whatever. But it just the bullying shit is just crazy, man. Like it's it, again, it goes back to it goes back to this thing where like, and I think again, I'm not a woman, I don't know, so I don't know what that's like, obviously. But I think women have it more figured out in the way that like because women have are better talking about their feelings, you know what I mean, to other women, and they, so they'll, they'll figure out that dynamic, that men got to get to that point too, you know what I mean? Because let's be real, man, like, being bullied has cost a lot of lives, right? Like, there's people who kill themselves. Like, I, I was just reading a story today, like, this this gay kid in, in high school that was getting picked on incessantly, and he, and he hung himself. Or you hear about this kid that, you know what I mean, put a bullet in his head. Like all this shit, like it's it doesn't make sense, bro. Like, it doesn't make sense for for you to be so angry at your life that you have to try and ruin somebody else's. Like it just it, it like I guess because I'm not capable of that, I don't get what that's like. But I also don't don't understand ten to sixteen year olds that are capable of shit like that. I mean, maybe a teacher that somebody that's constantly around a bunch of kids is better to talk to about that. But I just I don't I don't get it. And I, I don't know kids that are like that. So it's crazy to think that that happens. But then not being able to talk about all that shit, you either end your own life or you end a bunch of other people's because you want other people to feel the pain that you feel. You want people to feel that loneliness because you were picked on, because you were different, because of all this other shit. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. I, uh, I, I don't understand either. And I, and I think the bullying thing... It's just my my kind of hypothesis on it is a lot of these bullies, male, female, whatever, I feel like they have issues themselves and and that's how they instead of trying to deal with their issues, you know, maybe they get hit at home. Maybe mm-hmm. their mom's an alcoholic, you know, and instead of them talking to somebody or whatever, they they take it out on somebody smaller or somebody bigger or you know, mm-hmm. that's that's how they uh you know, so usually, and in me never, I guess, being the, the, the picky and not the picker, right. you know, I mean, I was always um, kind of uh, just laid back, you know, I, I never, I mean, like I said, I had it good at home, and maybe maybe that's why I was never just an asshole of a kid. Mm-hmm. I like to think I had good upbringing, you know, and I think the same with you, you know, I'm saying like we – we and, and it shows kind of now as adults, like you know, you're an outgoing person, smart guy, you know, yep. successful. 
Oh and, man, and, stop and, it! Stop it! <laughs> five acres out there in gorgeous manor. I mean, hell, I've walked it, man. Yeah, yeah. you've been out here to the manor, <laughs> bro. Know, we're I mean, we're productive members of society, you know, and 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 I think that has a lot to do with you know the people in our lives mm-hmm. who have got us where we are today, you know. Yeah, you got to think about it, right? Like you you being bullied, you got to go home and talk to your mom about it, right? Like now, because we throw ourselves into our and through to like different medias and all this different shit, like for the most part, we don't talk to a lot of people, right? Like you'd much rather go on a rant on social media than talk to somebody. You know what I mean? You wanna you wanna go public with your pain, but then you don't actually deal with it because it, it. You have to hope that like your mom also has social media and has to figure it out that way. You know what I mean? That that interaction that we had as kids. I think I I again I don't know like it's, it's different now because you don't have that like you got kids with phones kids with Instagram all the all this different shit and not to say that social media is bad but you know what I mean because they who depends on who they follow and how they go about it that whole dynamic can be totally different and you know and you and you have these kids that like struggle to to appreciate what they have and realize that it, it's not all that bad you know what I mean not not in every case but because they see these kids that are rich that are stunning for the gram and all this other shit. It's just it doesn't make I don't know man, it's it's overwhelming in a way you know what I mean but at the same time like I think you just got to go back to the point of like being able to talk about shit like I think that's the biggest yeah. thing because it's not always gonna be easy like dude I've gone to therapy that shit is mad uncomfortable like unwrapping all your emotions and your feelings and your traumas and all this other shit is fucking terrible it's anybody that tells you they've enjoyed therapy they successfully like finished it and they still have to continue it. Because you has to help you process how you view things. Like there's things that happen in a kid's childhood that affect them today that you don't even think about. Right? Like I know, like being going through the shit that I went through is why I don't like compliments. Going through, you know what I mean. Seeing my mom had to work two jobs most of my life, where the computer, where the TV is my is my babysitter, is why I why I latch onto television the way I do. I mean, like you you start to understand more shit. And then it's hard to break that habit because it's what you've always known, is what you're comfortable yeah. in. Like, it's just so much shit, and therapy isn't easy. It it takes you down a dark road to eventually get to some light and hopefully you understand some shit. But for the most part, this shit is hard, bro. Like the, all this shit is hard. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I know. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. The therapy thing is tough. Um, I've been me and my wife have been together. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we've never brought the kid, of course. Adley's only eight. She'll be eight. Yeah. You know, so she, there wouldn't be nothing that she, you know, but they, they do have kids, therapy for kids now. Yep. You know, but yeah, man, it's sitting on that couch and, and letting all them truths come out, man. It's, uh, it's tough. It's painful. You know? It is. And it's, yeah. and it's not, and it's not something that should be, matter of fact, I'll tell you some shit. Like I'm looking for a therapist right now, right? Cause the one I used to have retired, right? She had, she had like too much back pain. She needed to have back surgery. She was like in her late 60s, so it was her time to go. Bro, like trying to find a therapist now, right? Trying to find, like not that I'm thinking some dark shit, nothing like that. Just I just like having somebody to talk to and like to deal with my, my traumas, right? Like having, like trying to find a therapist now is one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. Like, bro, I, I've called probably at this point 15 therapists. Mind you, I only want to talk to a female because I have a lot of male trauma in my life. So right. figuring figuring that out, and finding somebody, I've yet to get, I've called 15 people, I've left voice messages, I haven't gotten a call back, there's no missed calls, and nothing, and a lot of places that I look, that I call, are like, aren't mental health facilities, 
You know I mean? They're just like a therapist that works with a primary care. So trying to find mental health help in this, in this shit is a motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like we, yeah. we could, we could talk about the whole healthcare thing on another podcast. Cause that's probably another two hour thing, but <laughs> dude, like just, just trying to figure, just trying to find somebody to help you is a motherfucker. Like this shit is not easy. And then, and it's hard enough getting to the point where like, yo, okay, I need, I need to talk to somebody. And then having nobody there, like that, I could see how somebody who's more mentally fragile would see that as a way out. And they're like, yo, fuck this then. Like, there's nobody here to help me. Just give it up. Yeah. Yeah, just give it's it up. It's hard. We, we got lucky. I got lucky and found through a referral of somebody else, uh, the the therapist that we had, that we had seen in the past. And, um, man, yeah, that's tough. I could see, I could see what you're talking about. If somebody – after two or three phone calls, somebody's thinking maybe this is a sign. Maybe yeah. I should just take my own life. Yeah. You know, um, my I, I mean, what I would recommend to you is is you know maybe you know, I we've never really discussed how religious we are. Um, mm. maybe somebody at a church or something like a pastor or somebody. Yeah. You know, because yeah, and if, if, if if they didn't have anybody, if if they weren't the one that you wanted to talk to, maybe they would be able to lead you in the direction of what you're looking for. You know? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And it's, I mean, it's just, it just doesn't make sense, right? Like, it's, it's always crazy, like, having a therapist and having somebody to talk to. Like, you figure out how much easier it is to talk to somebody who doesn't have a vested interest in, in their own, not their own point of view, but, like, they just want to help you, right? Because sometimes you just yeah. want to rant about shit. You know what I right. mean? Like, we, me and you have talked on the phone, and we've ranted about a plethora of different topics, from work to this shit to that meant you know what i mean like we've done all that shit like we talk all the time and sometimes you just need somebody to just rant with and and talk about these issues or that issue with and it's just and it's better yeah it sucks that you're paying this person to listen to you in a way but at the same time like that person is there to help you you know what i mean and it's not there to help you with with the benefit of like oh let's just get you better no let's figure like the deeper root of it let's figure out why you think that way what what about you think about things this way do you know why you think that way? And this is why. You know what I mean? Like, that whole psychology behind it is crazy. I did not think we were going to go down this path, but it's, it's kind of crazy. And it's, and it's been cool, man. I was told college football, <laughs> and, and and maybe you were going to talk about you were going to start campaigning for Trump. That was what I was told, man. I, yeah, I, I, would uh, do, I would do that. But uh, seeing as they built a wall as soon as they saw me, because, bro, let's, let's take a second now. Look at my eyebrows. It'd be reason numero uno to not trust me at a at a Trump rally. Like, oh, that that motherfucker ain't one of us. That, but that, check his eyebrows. He's carrying. Yeah, he is. He's got something out. What's he wearing under his vest? They're gonna be asking some questions. I I can show up there with camo Crocs, hunter hunter orange socks, uh, <laughs> a fucking uh Confederate flag T shirt, and they still be looking at him like, mm, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. This, this guy's a spy. <laughs> Not today. <laughs> Not today, Satan. Not today. C-Dub, man, it's been fun, my brother. We'll holler. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Bam, 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 bam. Thanks for listening to the Man Chatter Podcast with your host as always, Ben Borges. Till next time, peace. <laughs>